Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Life Reimagined, Making the Impossible Possible. I'm Chrissy May, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Catherine Lucadu. And boy, do we have a fun episode today. We thought we would just mix it up and do something a little bit different. I know sometimes our episodes can come off a little serious in tone, so we thought, why not do something a little bit more uplifting in nature. So last night I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Catherine and I have not connected this week on a topic. And I'm thinking, well, we can just do a Q&A for you guys to get to know us a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, this morning, I wake up to Catherine's text message, which says, why don't we just do a Q&A? <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Talk about being on the same wavelength. I mean, to tell you that alignment is there. And so, yeah. yes, today is going to be kind of fun. And I'll just, I'll, I'll pass the baton on to Catherine and let her uh, take us away. So let it just be known that neither of us know what questions the other has to ask of them. And so I found a whole bunch. So I'm going to be completely transparent. I went online and I Googled the most unique questions you can ask someone on a podcast. And so I got this list of fun questions, just sort of getting to know Chrissy and what drives Chrissy. So here is where I want to start. What do you wish you had known 10 years ago? Oh my gosh, that is a powerful question. Yeah, let's start with the good one. 10 years ago. So Mm -hmm. let me think how old I would have been. Okay, I know exactly where I was. Oh, I wish I would have known what I know now in regards to, and you guys all hear me speak about this, is how how important it is to be there for yourself and love yourself. And I'm going to tell you why. Because 10 years ago, I was not in this place. I was not this, you know, a very um, uh, regiment, regiment. Well, I was always, I've always been spiritual, but I never, I'm so precise now with my morning routines and my nightly routines and really filling my cup first. I was never like that. I was a people pleaser my whole life. I I put everybody else first before me. As long as everybody else was happy, then I was okay. And so I quickly started learning that I was the one never getting movement in forward in my own career and personal life and growth or anything because I was depleting myself of all my energy. So I really wish I would have just had more self-love for myself, more self-respect, more doing the inner work that I do now. I wish I would have done that 10 years ago because it would have saved me a whole lot of uh, unfortunate circumstances. However, that's just the way it is. And gratefully, I've been able to lean on those, those moments and just rise above it. I love it. I love it. You know what I realized? I was sitting here last week in my little egg chair, which I'm going to do our episode next week from. (laughs) um, And I was actually thinking to myself, before seven years ago, I had never read a book on mindset. Seven years? Wow. Only seven years ago. I, you know, you, you understand things about life. I understood after I had my heart surgery that I needed to change things, but I never knew what any of that was. I was just acting on what I thought would be a good idea. But then when I started coaching with John and, you know, I, I actually did not meet him as a coach. I met him at his book signing in Toronto 
for the book that he wrote called Interrupt the Pattern. Right. And he it was all about mindset. And so I'm sitting there in the audience and I'm thinking to myself, huh, that's interesting. Okay, so that's what that is. You know, me thinking back now to changing the way I was thinking and so on. And that was the very first experience I ever had of mindset. And from there, that's when I started looking up books on, you know, changing your perspective, changing your mindset. And honestly, it's like the whole world looked different, even within a year of reading up on how these ideas we have, you know, doesn't mean they're right. It's Mm -hmm. just what we know. And we don't know what we don't know. Hence why I asked the question, what do you wish you had known 10 years ago? Because every part of our life, we don't know what we don't know. So as we sit here in 10 years from now, we could have this same podcast, same conversation again. And that will sound differently from what we don't even know now. And I think it's already sounding differently from when we first launched in January of this year. It is. So it's pretty wild when you actually look back and reflect on just that growth from January until now, October. I mean, we're going into 10 months. I know. It's <laughs> it's amazing. I love but, it. All right. So that was my start. All right. I'm ready for mine back at you. What is one memorable experience you have had in your career that stands out? And I know I'm not just saying real estate career. So this is your entire career when you're a professor, real estate, whatever that may be. What's one? There's, I'm sure there's several, but what's one that really stands out for you? Wow. Um, a memorable experience. Actually, you know what it was? It wasn't even in the classroom and it wasn't even in real estate. So it took me off guard. So I had open heart surgery and it was while I was teaching high school still. It was a small island. I lived in Cyprus. And so word traveled fast. I mean, so fast. It's like every high school around knew because I had worked at a lot of the high schools and uh, I had had my surgery. I had come home and then I had been home for a week and there was a knock at the door. 20 of my students, the older students were standing there (sighs) and they had a package in their hand and they said, we're not going to stay long, but we wanted to bring you something. They brought me the most beautiful white gold cross on a chain. And they said, we want God to protect you from here on. I was like, (laughs) yeah, my eyes are watering. I remember being in my living room. I've got like I've got the stitches and I've got the dressing on and I look like hell because I've been through hell and they all just stood around me and they just said, we just want to know how much we care about you and we want this to protect you. And I was like, wow. So when you, you know, this is what I think so many people don't realize is you make an impact without even realizing it. You know, I made an impact and I had taught some of these kids from when they were in previous grades, because I had been at that school, I think about five years. And I remember one time, one of my students had been on her bicycle and something happened. There was a rock in the road or something. And the front of the bike went over and she landed on her face and she broke most of the bones in her face. And she was such a beautiful girl. And I went and I visited her at the hospital multiple times. I would bring her balloons and things. And she, that stuck with her. 
And all through the years, and even now they're on my Facebook pages and they're like, Miss Catherine, <laughs> we see what you're doing. So, you know, it, it really, we don't realize the impact we make in people's lives with the small things that we may think are inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we may say something nice to someone and we don't realize they really needed to hear it that day. So I love that story. That is just, that's a feel good story. It was and it, it's so, good. oh my gosh, that's so true though. Like, you know, it's, it's free to be kind. It's free. There's, I mean, just to be kind or say one nice gesture, or do a nice gesture to somebody can just make their, not only day, but their life. As you said, they'll remember that forever. So, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Bless their little hearts. So sweet. <laughs> they really were. It, it, and, you know, and you sit there thinking, oh, you know, high school students, no, oh. they're, they're people. And oh. yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Really nice. That's a good one. So here we go. What do people misunderstand about you? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Th- there's some really good ones here today. I feel like that's a tough one because I don't know what goes on in someone's mind. Right. And I also feel like how, how transparent and real have people really been during, you know, that like engagement. Right. So like the closest, closest people in my life that actually are pretty transparent that would tell me misunderstood. What's the most, is that what the question was? The most misunderstood. What do people misunderstand about you the most? What do you maybe, or maybe Mm. we could turn it like, what do you feel like you put out to the world, but maybe people misunderstand that as something else? I don't know. Hmm. I would have to say I I can come across very just like bubbly and light and I'm always this, this and this, and that's who I am at the core. It really, really is. But I also don't think people realize there's a side to me that's very deep. Like I, I have like very intense, deep conversations a lot. So I don't know if that necessarily parlays into what you see in social media, because mm-hmm. it is so like just this like, ah, you know, like bubbly and always this and that. But it, I, I love like very deep, deep discussions. I mean, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. So that's one that comes to my mind just because I'm thinking of social media and there's a lot of, you know, misinterpretation of that. Um, what I guess I would put that back on you because I I don't know oftentimes what people would say. What do you think is misunderstood now that you have a better idea of me as a person? We've been together every week for the last 10 months. What I would say, and mm-hmm. I'm going back like seven years. Oh, we, that's good. Yeah. I can remember okay. um, seeing you on social media and how, you know, perfect, like perfect, always looking perfect. And you associate a personality with that. Like maybe they're very shallow. Maybe they're all about, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're all about this. And then getting to know you and knowing that there is depth and spiritualness and, or spirituality and and just that we had such similar mindset and perspective about things. You know, I think maybe that's one of the, I don't want to say the word disappointment, but People judge people mm. so quickly now, right? And and they truly believe what they believe. Right. And until you really just sit down, talk to someone, get to know them, you're really not going to uncover what they're truly like. And I think that's a shame. I think that art of really getting to know someone, 
I know like even at a conference, I'll be standing in a hallway, but I really want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. You know, just the just the shallowness at the top. I hate like I will ask someone like some of these questions. I will dig like right in <laughs> just because I just want to get to know you as quick right. as I can. And the best way is for you to tell me something about yourself that I would not see on social media or something that really means something to you. Right. I don't no, think people good. ask those questions anymore. No, I think they just take what they see and they, like you said, they put a label on it and that's who that person is. And that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday and it is a shame because I, I believe it just, it stunts a lot of great relationships that could take place because Mm -hmm. you're already sizing somebody up. I think that's why I've always like, as of this year, I tried to really incorporate, you know, that country girl side of me because that's who I really am. You know, I'm out. I'm not going putting, I have them, I own them, but you know, Louis Vuitton shoes on and going to fancy dinners every weekend. That is not who I am. I am so far different from that. So yeah, it's interesting. I just try to, I try to put more of that out there of, of just of that country girl in me as opposed to the opposite. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, even with my coaching clients, you know, the first call is always very, um, everyone's very nervous right? Like, what is she going to ask me? How is this going to go? <laughs> and one of the things I tell them and I, is I say, I'm, I'm probably the least judgmental person yeah. out there because I don't think that there's anyone who's perfect. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't have a regret. I don't think there's anyone who, who acts on a daily basis, you know, like exactly to the ideal of who they should be. So it's not for me to judge you, right? Like that's, you judge yourself, but it's not for me to judge you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, don't worry about what you feel like your past was or where you feel like you are now. None of that means anything to me. To me, it's where are we going? Yeah. No, you're good like that. You're so perfectly packaged and so on point. You are definitely a professor, but you also are so real. You know, you're, you're like you mentioned, you're just real and you can relate to a lot of people. You're a great coach. So thank you. Thank you. So what have you got for me? All right. Let me dig in my stack of notes here. I have so many. Ooh, I actually like this one because I kind of have a feeling. But what would you say is your superpower? Believe it or not, a lot of people say it's just listening to them. People tell me things without me really asking. And let me give you an example. (laughs) And this has happened a few times here at my house. And it's happened over the last week, I'm selling furniture from my office. So my husband went down twice to my office to sell furniture to the same gentleman. He went in, he got the furniture, it was done. I go down and I'm selling the last little drawer set. And he came in, he's like, oh, you know, I'm getting divorced and I have the kids 75% of the time. And he just went into like everything. And I said to my husband, I said, did you know any of this? He's like, no, he didn't say a word. And I didn't ask any questions. But I think when you just are interested in people, genuinely interested in people, they will talk to you. Mm. And when they see that there is no judgment, that you're just listening, you know, and maybe if they ask a perspective, you can give them one. But I think really maybe that that's what I feel that it is. I don't know if that's what my superpower is, but I think I'm very good at 
after my own, you know, situations in history that I've had to learn just to have a, a, a different perspective about things. Like I don't have tunnel vision. I mm -hmm. can see a 360. Um, and I've been doing it for myself as well. You know, the other night I was lying in bed and I said, okay, if I were to coach myself right now, what would I tell myself? And I, I pulled myself out of who I am. And I said, okay, Catherine, this is what's been going on. Now, if you were the coach, what would you tell yourself to do? Mm. And it's really interesting when you can do that. Yeah. Not many people can. That's definitely an acquired trait. Mm. It's, you know, but, but you've been doing so much work and growth and transformation for so long that you can now tap into that, which I believe is one of your superpowers for sure. Well, let's turn the question back on you <laughs> because that's actually what one of my questions was. Oh, you're kidding. That's yeah. So well, what funny. was, what is your, what do you believe is your greatest strength, but what is your superpower? Uh, my superpower for sure is my strength, my resilience, my perseverance, my just the ability to have like my, my grit. Yes. You know, I take, I take challenges and I just, I use them as opportunities to persevere and and that's just how I've really like stepped into my power these last several years is by having that mindset. But it's, and it's been that way when I reflect, it's been that way my whole life, by the way, I've always had, if something's overcome, it wasn't so much of, you know, I'm down and out forever. I mean, it was like, all right, pick it up. Let's go back in. But I believe that's a really good superpower because life is always going to come at us. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I trust and know no matter what happens in my life, it may bring me down for a moment, but I will always pop back up. Right. And isn't that a really great trait to know about yourself mm -hmm. that, you know, that you don't stay down for long. I don't. And I, mm -mm. and I think that when you've learned that about yourself, life gets easier because you're like, okay, it's just another challenge. Right. I will get over it because I have in the past and I will mm -hmm. again. And then you just keep, keep moving. And yeah, and even going through what I went through with my dad this last this last month, you know, like I would never been able to push through that like I did before. So I believe those little moments that you keep pushing through will just they they build. And so now you become this different human being. So yeah. So true. Okay. So let's go to the next question. Oh, this was a good one. Okay. <laughs> if you could have a billboard on the street with anything on it. What would you put? <laughs> oh, anything? Like you literally can tell the world, broadcast whatever you want on this billboard. What would you put on it? That changes every day <laughs> because things that pop up every day, I'm in a sometimes in a different mood. What I want to tell people. Oh my you goodness. Let's call it a message to the world. What would uh. your message to the world be on that billboard? I don't usually swear. Can I use, can I use profanity? <laughs> I mean, I guess Apple will take, just, you know. take your head out of your <laughs> like that would be my message because when you look at society as a whole right now, and I'm saying as a whole, what I see in a day-to-day -day basis, I'm not even kidding you walking around. This is all I see people yeah. walking around. That's it. Or, or this. And it's like, Oh my God, wake up. You're missing life. That would be my very first thing. And also I'm saying that in, in parallel to what I see coming into our stores, when I have to be in those stores, thankfully it's a lot less than it used to be. The amount of people coming in the store, the lack of, hi, how are you doing? 
that's yeah. an opening for you to say, I'm great. How are you doing? The yes. amount of people that do not respond to a pleasant, hi, how are you doing today? Welcome in is astonishing. And why? Because they have their head down and they cannot get out of their their own bubble. So that would be my 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 thing to the world right now, because it's just it's so prevalent and it's so annoying. It really is. So, you know, what I'd love to do is let's go a little deeper in that. Why? <laughs> Why are the social graces gone because of a phone? Like, what is it that they have to be driven there instead of, and, and I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is talking to someone and they're scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm talking to you. Just put it down for a second. It's terrible. So talk. But why is it? What What is it that they have to keep looking at? I I guess I just well, get it. It's become an, a major addiction. And now they're doing study after study for many years, as you already know, on this stuff. And so it was, from what I do believe as well, it was created that way. Created yeah. to dumb down society. Created to get these kids just staring at their phone. So they just have no clue what's going on in the world right now. I believe it was intentionally designed that way. Mm. And so these kids that are in that, you know, teen to 22 years of age are all just stuck to their phone. That's all they know. Not just the teens. Oh no. And it's become now adults and I've seen it. I've seen it just in people our age and older. It's, it's wild, but I believe it's one, it's addiction Two, it's a way to zone out and not have to Yes. to feel or be involved in anything. So it's numbing. It's a lot of numbing that's going on. And it, it's, I mean, it's uncomfortable when you see it all the time too. I can't be around people like that. You know, I'm very, very good about putting my phone away. If I go out to dinner or I'm hanging out with friends or I'll turn it upside down because I don't want to be distracted. I'm right. being so present with them. Yeah. And that's a respect thing too, you know? So I, yeah, I don't, I just think it's becoming an obsession, an addiction, like anything else, right? Whether it's food or alcohol or whatever, it's another form of addiction. So here's my other question then, and this wasn't even on my paper, but as we're talking about this and the obsession with the phones, what are your thoughts on people who go on social media and they just seem to use it as their journal (laughs) and their confessionary, Uh... you know, like... I don't know. I just find that so many people feel, and this is with no judgment, it's observation that people feel the need to confess things on social media. I think it goes back to that dopamine hit. So for instance, you know, that's why the whole like likes and views and comments got so out of control for a lot, a lot of people, because it was like, oh my gosh, who just looked at it? Oh my gosh, who just liked it? You know, it was like a dopamine hit. So I feel it's the same thing in a different form that if I purge my response to the world, someone's going to feel sorry for me. Someone's going to show up and make me feel good for that moment. So it's a dopamine hit instantly that they can go and get, you know, immediately. So I believe that's what a lot of it is, but it's really, if you're a good friend out there, you know, talk to your friends, don't let them do that. It does not look good. You know, that's, that's save that there's a sacred space in your life. You know, you don't need to broadcast it to the entire world. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, and I think that the the two years of the pandemic where people were closed in, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe that's where this became even more exaggerated because yes. it was a place for people to go and talk to people mm-hmm. and vent. And they would normally do that to real humans, but now it was social media. And then I think maybe the pattern just continued from there on. Sure. Yeah, it did. You know, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people, if they were alone, even more so, right. If they didn't have a significant other or or a dog, (laughs) you know, they're just trying to find that one connection. Right. All right. What do you have for me? All right. Let me get a good one here. I'm going to go with this one because I just am curious after everything you've been going through these last few weeks, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh God, I was so hoping you were not going to ask me that. I can ask another one. I got a list here. Oh my gosh. Um, we, can, we can edit out. Where do I think I'm going or where do I hope I'm going? Where do you want? I guess that's the where do I want to it. go? Yeah. Where do you envision yourself in five years? So yeah, like where, what would you want to really manifest, bring about, really create? For yourself in the next five years. So what does that look like? It looks like I am coaching. I would say maybe 50% of my week is coaching. Mm-hmm. There would be some real estate in there as well, but I will have created online course content and I will have written one or two books. And Ideally, I mean, I really want to be somewhere warm, that's beautiful, that I can do a lot of that from. Mm. I'm, I'm really, really driven toward being somewhere where it's just, I don't know what the word is. I'm just, I'm just in beauty. I'm surrounded by a beautiful environment and I have a beautiful environment here, mm-hmm. but I would love And I would really love to disconnect from social media for a while. That would be like, just (laughs) so that I could create with no distraction, with no, uh, just without seeing what other people in the world are doing right now. Mm -hmm. I would just love to immerse myself like two months. Just give me, and I always say, you know, I'll, I'll tell people who listen, uh, give me two months on an Island by myself. And I know that I would emerge with so much, but I would need to be, you know, just with everything gone. I would love that. And I would never have, I would never have said this five years ago. Really? But you, this is, didn't even enter your mind five years ago at all. No, no, not, not anything like this. No, wow. no. See a lot can transition in five years. So much can so Amazing. much. Can. I yeah. love that vision. That's a good one. Cause that mine's very similar. So that's, well, that's what would one. yours be then? Um, Mine would be same thing. Like I'm already somewhere warm. So, you know, the Maui that becomes full-time, you know, we're already making those steps right now, but that becomes more full-time. The wellness retreats are just taking off and there's so many people just being impacted from that in a positive way and their lives are changing. And I have two books at that time as well. It's the first thing that came to my mind, maybe three. I love writing. Um, And traveling the world, speaking, connecting with people, connections, huge for me. Mm. And that's really it. Maybe a little bit of coaching. I, you know, I wouldn't mind taking on, you know, five people a year. That would be, cause I would want to just deep dive with that, with one person at each time. That's kind of how I like to go into it. 
So that would be it in real estate, just solely as investments for my portfolio. You know, I would have excluded everything as far as the, well, I'm already taking a step back from the day-to-day agent jobs or agent duties right now and, and referring them out, but completely gone. I would just be my own investments in real estate. I love it. Oh, that's where I, yeah. So it's, yeah. Isn't it? I think, um, I wonder if it's an age thing (laughs) where I just, I just know to my core that life is so short and I do not want that, you know, that sort of life that I'm envisioning to happen at some kind of retirement age. Cause I know from what I'm seeing, what happens at retirement age is that things start appearing and health issues. I don't want to get there. I want to be in my prime and feel like I'm retired, yes. but still working. I couldn't That's agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I it now is the time. We're still young. We're still healthy. Yeah. We're still vibrant and, you know, can do it all right now. So why not now? But yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you with yeah. all of that good stuff. Oh, I didn't include our podcast. So podcast would still be going. Yes. <laughs> In five years, different locations, Just different locations, evolving. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love that. What's the most important lesson that you've learned in your career? So, business-wise, what do you feel is the most important lesson that you've learned to now? Most important lesson. It's kind of twofold, kind of two things in a way. It's hard to just do just the one. First and foremost, I've been saying this since day one, and I really believe in this do what you say you're going to do. Number one, do what you say you're going to do. There's a lot of silver tongues out there. There's a lot of people just yapping away. Do what you say you're going to do and show up and do it. That's my first lesson that I think is the best thing I've ever learned. And I've Mm -hmm. stood by that. Um, And then the second one is (laughs) learn to manage your emotions. Mm, I think that's a real important one. Yeah. Many years ago in business, I was so pulled in many different directions if something negative or challenging came up, right? I wasn't centered myself. So how in the world could I manage my emotions, right? And I would take everything personally. And I would, you know, it was just this, it wasn't a good space to be in. I learned quickly how to start managing my emotions. And it goes back to one of the episodes we did, which was about responding, not reacting, you know, all these things, Mm -hmm. letting things sit, sit with you before responding. Yeah. So those two go hand in hand. Those are the biggest lessons. And I believe those transfer into any industry that you go into. So true. So true. Yeah. I love those. Um, I know for me, it would be show up mm-hmm. exactly like you said, just show up right. and, um, things don't have to be perfect before you show up, just show up, take action, and then everything will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And then for me, what I've learned the most in business is just talk to people. Yeah. You know, everyone's so concerned about, oh, well, what my website looks like, what my business card looks like, or, you know, the skills that you have to learn. First, talk to people. First, learn how to just sit there, ask a question, and then close your mouth and just listen. Right. I mean, it's just such an easy thing, but it's actually probably one of the hardest things for people to learn. I know one of the greatest lessons I've learned just in the last three months has been talk 20% and listen 80%. Yes. Right. In every conversation, it should be that 80, 20 rule, but you're quiet 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And listen 
to respond, not react. Like it's said, like, listen, take in what people are telling you. You'll learn a whole lot that way. Yes. That's a so good much. One. So I like that. All right. Let me get a good one here for you. What if we go on and we'll say that this is the last yeah. question for each of us? Okay, perfect. This is the last question for each of us. Okay, let me make it a good juicy one. I'm going to make it a fun one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this and I'm curious. What is the most embarrassing moment in your life? <laughs> oh, hmm. Okay, geez. I've actually had a lot. <laughs> Not recently. I think I'm better now than I used to be. But uh, when I was in Europe, when I was living there, I'll tell you two that I remember the most. One, I had to go to a teacher's networking meeting and it was in a beautiful venue and a teacher who I had not seen in about six months came up to me and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know you were pregnant. I said, are you giving birth? Like it must be next month. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. Oh my God. And I felt so, uh. embarrassed, so embarrassed. Um, so that was one. And the second one was I was pregnant with my first son. So this would be 24 years ago. And it was so embarrassing. Like I'll never forget. So when you're teaching high school, like, you know, these students, they're there, they notice everything. They will call you out on things. So I'm standing there at the front of the class teaching and do my breasts not start leaking because my milk oh is coming my. in before I'm going to give birth. Like, or, or I had just given birth something because I had to go back to work really fast. They don't give you much maternity there. No, it was after his birth. So he was two months old. I had just gone back. First week back at school. I have two big wet <laughs> spots and I'm teaching high school students. Oh, I was horrified. Oh my God. Did they point it out to you? Did they oh, notice? Oh, it? they <laughs> pointed it out. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, those are two good ones. Yeah. That's it's pretty embarrassing. So <laughs> what would you laugh be? at? Oh my God. I have so many. Oh, this one actually is pretty funny. So my sister and I were in a public restroom. This is many years ago. And I think we were in Tennessee. I can't remember exactly where we were, but I want to say it was Tennessee in one of our trips to see our grandparents. And, you know, I thought she was in the stall next to me and I heard a lot of noise and I'm like, God. And I just go, Oh my God, everyone can hear that. Jeez. And so not thinking anything of it, you know, I, I leave and I go wash my hands and I walk around the corner outside and she's out there waiting for me. And I'm like, what? And she's like, what do you mean? I told her, told her the whole story and imagine this mortified lady. Yeah. She was a, someone I don't even know, but yeah, that that's one kind of comical little it wasn't terribly embarrassing because I never had to make eye oh, contact, but, so but it funny. was definitely like one of those moments where like, oh my gosh, but hey, <laughs> such is go. life. Yeah. Oh I don't, God. I mean, other ones, I don't know, just silly stuff. You know, there was a time when I was in my fitness competition and we have to wear these in fitness America back then. I don't know how it is now. You had to wear almost like stripper heels. They're like clear heels, super high. The platform is like three inches with like a wow. five inch heel. Oh, wow. The whole point in wearing those is to show like a very long physique. So right. they're clear. It looks like your legs are a lot longer and leaner. That's a, one of the reasons why they do that. And so learning how to walk on those things is just, I mean, 
it's not the easiest thing, right? Wow. I remember one competition I I ate it. Yeah, right in front of people. It's pretty <laughs> funny. So, I mean, I have so many, I don't know, but I think it's just one of those things. You just know that you shrug it off when you move on and you laugh at yourself. You know, <laughs> just laugh. I mean, you know what? Like <laughs> happens. Exactly. So, whatever. Like don't, don't take don't life so seriously. No. no. I mean, myself telling my younger self, don't take life so seriously. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, experience it all and just keep living. You know, and that's really when I'm going through things or it's challenging or whatever. I just say to myself, like in five years from now, <laughs> is this really worth stressing about? And most of the time it's really not. Nope. It's not. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> I hope everyone listening has enjoyed this more laid back, just sort of question and answer, getting to know us a little better, us getting to know each other a little better. And, you know, why don't you try it with some of the people that, you know, take some of these questions that we asked each other today and ask a friend, ask someone you meet on the street, you know, ask a random question, because that will be the spark that will start a pretty good conversation with anyone you meet. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. And once again, if you like what you hear share it with a friend. We'd love a five-star review on Apple podcast and um, we'll see you all next week. Make it a beautiful weekend.